Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Mom, welcome back to another episode. And today's episode is something that is really unique and special to the podcast just because I don't really do too many interviews. And it's funny, as I was um, editing this episode, I noticed that this is the Huntress episode of the podcast, which almost felt really cool to be doing an interview because I really enjoy the interview and I think that I'm going to start to try to have more interviews on the podcast. So it's kind of cool to um, have that realization as we are celebrating the 100th episode. So I want you guys to let me know how you enjoyed this interview that I had with Tony over postpartum uh, corrective exercise and reach out. Let me know in the Facebook group. The link is always in the show notes. Um, reach out to me at Mama's New Strong on Instagram or Jessica Nicole May on Facebook. And let me know if you like the idea of having more interviews on the podcast. But without further delay, here is my interview with Tony. Hey guys, welcome to the Mama's New Strong Show. Today I have Tony on here, and she is a uh, postpartum corrective exercise specialist. Is that what you would say? Call yourself, Tony? Yes, correct. And Actually, I generally say personal trainer, but yeah, that's the personal trainer I hold. <laughs> awesome with that specialization, which is something that I think is so needed and so. Um, not talked about enough. Me and Tony already kind of had a little chit chat before and it made me even more excited for me to share, you know, to have her on the show. And so I guess let's just kind of dive in, Tony, like what got you into this? Like kind of what's your backstory? Yeah. So my story with postpartum um, issues, I guess I should say started, you know, I had a little bit of leaking when I was running after I had my son. But then I was doing a race, a 5K, which I had done dozens of at this point. And it was right before a parade that kind of kicks off summer in Portland, which is near where I live. And so there's 100,000 spectators. They have this race right before the parade. And in the middle of the street, I completely lost control of my bladder. Like as I'm running, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's nothing I can do. I can't stop this. And so I, you know, hard right. And get, got off the course and I just, the only thing I can really describe it is I felt just absolutely betrayed by my body and I had no idea what to do. Like I thought I had done everything that I needed to do. I slowly got back into exercise. My son was, I think, 13 months old when this happened. Um, I had been running for about six months, you know, felt like, you know, slowly paced my time up. And like I said, I just, I felt so betrayed. So it really started me on this path of, you know, there has to be something out there for this. I can't be, you know, I think I was 36 at the time. I'm like, this can't be 
my life sentence that I can't run because I can't trust my body not to like, you know, even a block from my house. What if it happens again? You know, I don't want to walk home with wet pants. So yeah, that started me on my journey. Oh, that's amazing. And so what exactly is postpartum corrective exercise? Kind of getting an idea of it, but you know, whenever I was even going through your book, there was more than what I thought, you know, it included. So can you explain a little bit like what all it entails? Yeah. You know, it's really just kind of assessing the body in the postpartum. Um, And it's kind of what we were talking about a little bit previously is you don't necessarily assess immediately postpartum because there's a lot of natural healing that happens in the body. Like I don't want women, you know, as we're talking about this stuff to think, oh my gosh, this is me and I'm going to live with it forever. If you're eight weeks post, you know, like let the natural healing happen. But if you're, you know, 12 months post or further than that, 20 years post, you know, I try to make sure and include everyone, you know, cause we've heard it from our moms and our aunts and everybody saying, this is what happens after you have a baby is you have to cross your legs, you know, forever. So postpartum corrective exercise looks at the most common physical conditions that tend to arise and stick around kind of lingering that we just have kind of accepted in large part. So besides core weakness, although that's included in it, it can be the ab separation of the, um, abdominal muscles, kind of that six pack muscles, the separation there, what you're looking for there is like a doming. And so it literally looks like a tent almost. If you're seeing that straight down the middle of your, um, belly all the way, either above your belly button or below the belly button, uh, that's a good indication that there might be a separation there. Um, and then we're looking at bladder incontinence. That's was my experience. And that's also what the number one client comes to me for is for bladder incontinence and then prolapse. And prolapse is when the organs actually descend. It could be the uterus, it could be the rectum, it could be uh, the cervix. And so it really, if you have, if you think you have a prolapse, which sometimes can feel like intense pressure against the pelvic floor when you're coughing or sneezing or laughing or lifting or whatnot, um, I do for prolapse, I highly recommend and for everything, but particularly prolapse, some kind of a pelvic floor physical therapist, because they can do a lot for helping to heal. Um, and just for body awareness, you know, diagnose, see what, what degree you're at. And then they can do so much for helping to kind of put everything back in its place. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like what it, yeah. And, and so that's, that's a, that's a really simple, great, just like straightforward of what it is and how, because, you know, you see women and you kind of already talked about how, you know, we've been our mothers and we've been told like, we're always going to have to cross our legs and that's just yeah. like how many women need this. And like, how does a mom know she really has an issue that needs to be addressed? Right. Yeah. Because that's a great question. Norm, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause we're told it's the norm or, or yeah. we're told to Kegel and I'll, I'll I will talk yes, more. I want you yeah. to address that for sure. Yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. Um, so bladder incontinence, they say supposedly approximately 40% of women suffer from it in the postpartum. And that would be in long-term postpartum. Again, not in those immediate. Um, that that percentage is just not in that immediate. The percentage is, you know, those that have that lingering bladder incontinence issue. Um, you know it if you have leaking, when you cough, sneeze, laugh, lift, that type of thing. They do think that the 40% is low because so many women don't report it. You know, that's if it's reported to the doctor and then reported into these studies. But so many just either don't want to talk about it because it's quite personal 
or just assume that it's the way it's going to be for forever because they had kids. And so it really just depends. Uh, Prolapse is so varying and there's so many different types and degree that you could have a low level, uh, a low degree of prolapse and really not know it forever and be fine. And, you know, as long as you're not trying to lift cars, you know, you're fine. Um, so prolapse really, it, it's, I actually can't even remember what the percentage is on that, but it, it, you might have it and not ever know it. And then when you know it, you know it, you know? Um, and then, yeah. So anyway, the postpartum, uh, lingering things. What about it? It's so common. What about Sorry, ab separation, Tony? Like yeah. there's been as a personal yeah. trainer, I'll see women and you know, that's one of the first things I have on test because there's actually exercises that could do more harm than good. Yeah. And so, but a lot of these women, it, it kind of frustrates me that our doc, the doctor doesn't check for this yeah. or yeah. women. It's like the last child, their youngest child is like five, 10 years plus, And they still have this type of ab separation that they didn't even know yeah. how to check for. Right. Absolutely. And there are some really good tutorials, honestly, just on YouTube. Um, I encourage, first of all, props to you for testing everybody first, you know, not every trainer does. So I think that's great that you do. Um, but yeah, there's some, uh, I follow Dr. Sarah Ellis Duvall. She's one of the certifications that I have, and she's got some good testing for it. It's really quite easy to test for yourself. Um, if you can get to a practitioner and can get more precise, that's fantastic. But yeah, it's really just like laying down on the floor and kind of sticking your fingers in between the separation. And anyway, you know, go to the YouTube video to um, go ahead and test that. But yeah, a lot of women have it. It is said that 100% of women have it throughout pregnancy because we have to, to make room for the baby, right? And so oftentimes it will just go back together again sometime in that healing process, but not always. Um, so if you have the doming, that's really, I've heard, I've heard women say, it feels like my organs are going to fall out. And so, you know, if I have them kind of get into a really low, deep squat and it feels like your organs are going to fall out, like through the front, you know, not vaginally, but through like belly button area. Um, that's a really good indicator that there's at the very least core weakness and could definitely be, it's a good good indicator to do some testing on that person to make sure that they do or do not have the separation. Yeah. And Tony, you but had, yeah. before we started recording, there was something really interesting that you shared that I wasn't even aware of, but explaining the transverse abdominis, that inner internal mm. abs and like, cause when we're mm -hmm. testing and we, you know, for me, I always test and I'm like, Oh, how many fingers with, but we mm. don't really talk about the depth and what does that mean? If there's depth there or not depth there. Yeah, absolutely. Again, a great question. So the transverse abdominis, think of that one as, I think you're the one that even said too, the safety belt, right? Like the eternal waist belt. There you go. That's what I'm at. Like, you know how, whenever you're lifting, you wear a belt to help protect your yeah. spine. We naturally have that too. <laughs> yeah, we do. And it's, it's the lowest, deepest level of the abdominal muscles that are closest to the spine. If those aren't firing up first, then the spine doesn't feel it's in a safe position. And that's when you might try, you might start to find, you know, shoulder or hip injury or pain or, you know, anything throughout the core and pelvis as the spine searches for safety. And so what I really teach is getting that TVA on board. And uh, that is in large part timing. 
And so when we take our breaths, how we let the muscles relax and then how we re-engage them on the exhale or the lift or, or whatnot. And so then we get the TVA on board. So when you're doing the separation test and the width say is a two or three finger, but you can really stick your fingers in deep. That's when you know that those deeper level, the internal, the external, the TVA are not firing up to the extent that they need to be, or, I mean, to some extent in order to stand upright, obviously they are, but what we're looking for is the depth. So the depth is actually more important than the width because you can have a functional diastasis. So if you are able to get the TVA fired up in the right timing, really get some good strength and practice at that, also with the internal and external, those three levels of ab muscles can create a really good level of support for the outer, the rectus abdominal, so that you can transfer force from upper body to lower body, because that's what we're looking to do safely. And so as once we get those three on board, you can still maintain a certain level of separation, a two or three finger even separation, as long as when you are doing the testing, you feel tautness, you feel the muscle tension underneath and your fingers can't go down in deep. An interesting fact is uh, Joseph Pilates. You've heard of Pilates that, you know, like, so he had a diastasis. If you look at pictures of him, you can see he had an upper just under the rib cage. He had a separation, but he was super functional. You know, all the other muscles were on board, the core muscles, the deep intrinsic core stabilizers were on board and they were strong. And so he was able to, you know, create a whole exercise modality with a functional diastasis. You know, Tony, that kind of made me think of another question because we all know like, you know, that ab separation could cause what we call the mommy pooch or that lower belly, like coming out. So say if you still have the whip separation, but you have a strong inner core that transverse, are you, is that still going to, are you still gonna have a mommy pooch or would that suck it in and, and flatten it? In some people, it will absolutely suck it in. That can also be because of pelvis position. And so if somebody's really rolled into, into a really big anterior pelvic tilt, then they can also kind of have that. So just getting into a nice new neutral pelvis, see if that kind of takes it a little bit out of there. And I just can't emphasize enough the lower abs. So the lower abs, the TVA run the whole, you know, from up above the ribs, all the way down the pubic symphysis, same thing, internal, external, and the rectus abdominals. But they kind of, the other muscles kind of tuck into the TVA in those lower abs. And so we really want to make sure that's kind of like your gas and your brakes. I kind of think of it in the lower abs of where we want the initial, you know, from the pelvic floor and the lower abs is where we want the movement. So we want on the inhale, big, nice, relaxed inhale, everything relaxes. And then on the exhale, everything contracts just a little bit. So this is where we can talk a little bit about Kegels. If that sounds good. I would love that because that's what is always like, well, just do more Kegels. And then you hear women say, well, I've done Kegels and it's not really helping the situation. Yeah. (laughs) So, right. And, And for some people they're great, but it's not for all people. So, you know, as, as, everybody, but particularly as women, we hold a lot of our stress in our pelvic floor. Like if you're stressed, you might be clenching your teeth, kind of check in on your pelvic floor. You're you're, you might be a little tense in the pelvic floor at that same point. Um, 
And so oftentimes the pelvic floor we think is weak and that's why we're not getting the engagement that we want, but it might be overly tight. And if it's overly tight, we're not going to get the engagement. So liken it to like a bicep, like I can do a bicep curl. I can squeeze my arm down as far, as long as I want all day long. If this is already engaged, I'm not going to get more out of it. You know, I can keep trying to send the signal, but it's not going to give me more than what it has to give because it's already in its contracted state. And so if the pelvic floor, which depends on a whole lot of things, and it depends on how we're breathing, it depends on our posture, it depends on our stress level. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. If we've done a billion Kegels, mm-hmm. uh, so the, the thing about Kegels is if you're going to do them, and there's a tutorial in my book, the Getting to the Core of Postpartum Fitness that I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. There's a tutorial for Kegels in a video that tells all about how to time them with the breathing to make sure you're doing them properly. And, and my goal with this book and the exercises that are with it is it really comes down to very simply, if you have a weak or an overly tight pelvic floor, if you are able to get a nice big deep breath and a relaxation and then a contraction as well, it will work both of them. So if you have a weak pelvic floor, the contraction is going to strengthen it and the relaxation is only going to heal heal it to help it. And then if you have an overly tight pelvic floor, the relaxation, the inhale is going to help to relax it and then teach it how to safely contract. And so that's the beauty of being able to get all of this just in line, in sync, get your core, your pelvic floor in a good position posturally, and then getting the breathing on board, the deep diaphragmatic breathing, so that our pressurization is what it's supposed to be. That is so interesting. And so the tight, you know, that being tight, it can happen even in women that have had kids, because it's hard to think that you would think it would yeah. be the opposite. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. And it just really depends on, again, our posture. So if you're in a posterior pelvic tilt, then you kind of squish everything. That's really the technical term. I'm pretty sure it's the one I use, right? Is that everything is just kind of squished up. And so that's kind of, if you think about it, the muscles are kind of forced into a contracted state by being squished together. They're in a shortened state, whether it is, you know, actually intentionally being done or not. And so it can be done just by your posture. And then also with the breathing, if you're constantly pushing against the pelvic floor all day with your breathing, you're coughing, you're sneezing, it's going to kind of, it kind of gets that um, autonomic contraction, right? It's going, it, it, and can kind of just stay there. Well, might as well just stay here if this is where I'm going to be all day kind of thing. So it's really, there's, yeah, there's a lot of different reasons for it. And there's, you know, it it goes even further, you know, it can go into tearing and scar tissue, you know, if there's anything like that, again, I highly recommend pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, A good one actually right now, I, I often say pelvic guru, but then there's also concierge physical therapy and they will actually come to your house, which I know is really helpful for a lot of women right now. And so definitely keep those to it's nationwide through America at least. But Pelvic um, Guru does Canada and uh, America. And I think they're expanding some of their international uh, directories. That's so cool. And with that said, what are, um, you know, somebody that has ab separation, 
mm-hmm. um, or some of these issues, do they need to stay away from crunches? Is there like um, anything that's maybe like a, a lot of weight bearing strength training or anything like that? Is that doing more harm than good? You know, if, if at any time you see the doming, you really want to stay away from whatever at that moment is doing the doming and then you go to your breathing. So it's really, you know, the things that people can do today is watch your breathing and your posture. And what I say with these things are with the posture, you come tall through the neck. So if you come tall through the neck, that kind of straightens out the spine and it puts everything back kind of already a little bit more where it's supposed to be. So there's a little bit more of a curvature in your low back which then kind of lifts everything in the pelvic bowl. I mean, fractionally, and that's fine. If it's just a little bit, oftentimes that is all it needs is just a little bit of movement up and away from just sitting there and, and resting against and kind of putting pressure against the pelvic floor and the breathing, taking nice, big, deep breaths. So I start all my clients on at bedtime, 10 nice, big, deep breaths, put one hand on the chest, one hand on the lower belly, lower belly moves first that hand both times. So when you inhale, lower belly moves first, then the chest does. And then when you exhale, lower belly moves first to push the air up and out. And then the chest does. So we do want, I mean, obviously your the chest hand is going to move, but we want to make sure that the lower belly, the back, I mean, we move into making sure that all the way through the low back, through the ribs, that you get really big expansion on the inhale we don't want this to be exclusively belly breathing because obviously that can cause issues down the back chain, but that's where, when you're just laying down at night and you're just getting started and you're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. And there's just too much. There's too much either information or no information is just start with nice, big, deep belly breaths at night, at bed, after the kids go to sleep, not when they're jumping on you. Cause you just, it's just not the same, right? <laughs> just not the same. You know, I love that you say that too, when you're relaxed and at night. And, you know, I think some of these things that women might be listening to like, oh, that's too easy. That's too simple. I, you know, cause we have this mentality that in order to get results, we have to work hard and it yeah. has to be hard. And it has to be challenging. And so it's just a good reminder that what you need is that gentle correctiveness and it's not yeah. going and blazing through like tons of crunches to you. Your abs are completely sore. <laughs> right. And that, and that can cause pain. I've had clients that had separations that like, oh, my friend told me I had to do this crunch workout with her and she had a really deep separation. And she came to me and she was like almost in tears. She was in so much pain the next day because she had done this crunch workout with her, her friend the day before. And I was like, oh, oh please come here. Come here. Let me give you a hug exactly. and then take your deep breaths. And, we're, and sometimes you just have to start small. But if you do these things, then you can do that big crunch. It's not to say you can never do that. You know, you set yourself up in a really good position to be able to really kick out, you know, 45 hour long workouts, crunch intensive, big, heavy lifts, get your PRs. in. you can do all of that stuff functionally safe, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And then like that, that woman you were talking about, was she having like back pain? Is that something that's pretty common you see with these women that have that separation? You can see it, but it's not, it's not, um, an exclusive. It can absolutely be there, but again, you can have back pain without having the separation and you can have the separation without back pain. And so, yeah, it is something that you hear a lot. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have the separation. Um, but again, when you get that TVA on board, 
it just irons out so much, you know, you're just like, Oh, you know, I haven't felt that shoulder pain in a long time. I haven't felt that low back pain in a long time. Hey, my neck feels better. That's weird. You know, like, because we've got that TVA that it's, you know, our body is constantly talking to itself and talking to us in symptoms. This is how I believe anyway. And so we just have to talk back to it and not yell back to it, you know, not be like, I'm going to make you do these crunches. You know, I'm going to get that PR through. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I hear you. What is it that you need? Oh, you need safety, right? The spine needs safety. And so we get the TVA on. And I will tell you actually really quick to a really easy test for people to see if their TVA is what is firing is stand in front of the mirror and wear a pair of pants that goes below your belly button. Take a big, deep breath in. And it likely won't happen on the first breath. It might take a couple of breaths, deep breath in and then deep breath out. And exhale, as you exhale, try to engage the lower abs and then all the way up to the ribs. So external obliques even really grab onto the ribs. So you're really making a plank out of your body and see what your belly button does. If your TVA is firing first, your belly button will move up, will physically move up. You will see it happen. That's TVA engagement. If it's just the obliques or the rectus abdominal, or something that is engaging kind of first, then it tends to just move back. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes sense. So watch what the belly button is doing. Yeah. So you can still get a contraction without the TVA, right? We do it all the time without the TVA firing first, but watch what the belly button does. If it goes up, then you're good. You're solid. If it goes just in, then you want to work a little bit more on the TVA. Ah, you know, that's a transverse, transverse abdominal. That's so cool. I've never heard that. That's, that was like made, a you know, that was like a, a perfect gold nugget, like in this whole conversation. Right. Um, Dr. I, Sarah Ellis Duvall. She's who I get all my nuggets from. Seriously. She's the best. I'm going to have to put her in the show notes too, for sure. And this is a, this actually brought up another question. Cause sometimes you hear like, you know, what, do you know what vacuuming is where you draw the belly mm-hmm. in and is mm-hmm. that a good technique to um, strengthen the TVA as long as it's moving up and see, so you can get away with doing the vacuum and that there's that hypopressives is kind of a vacuum and hypopressives has been found to be really helpful for somebody with prolapse because you really get that internal, um, contraction. And the only thing that we tend to say about that is after you've perfected the hypopressive, then you also need to move on to the diaphragmatic breathing where you're doing both ways because functionally we really do the relaxation and we do the exaltation um, at the same, you know, not at the same time, but one, one requires the other, you have to do it. Right. So it's functionally, it's how we live and breathe in our lives. And so we don't just suck our belly in and then keep it there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Sorry, I went on a little hyperpressive. No, okay, go for it. I love it. <laughs> but with the vacuum, I would just I would just say to watch where the belly's going. Watch where the belly button is going. Okay. And if you do the vacuum and the belly button just comes back, see if you can take a nice big deep breath in and everything relax. It kind of resets the system. And then do it again, thinking about timing. And so a little bit of pelvic floor contraction, lower abs, push the air up and out and see if the belly button moves up. And so, sorry, I didn't quite finish my thought on Kegels earlier too, is when you're doing the breathing at night at bed, the 10, 10 breaths, you're just looking for movement through the pelvic floor 
So on the inhale, you relax. On the exhale, it moves the opposite direction. You're not looking for a lot of Kegels there. It's just relaxed. But then in order, as you start adding weight, whether it's actual dumbbells or whether it's just a child, as you start to add weight, then you need to get a little bit more out of your pelvic floor and out of that exhale. Oh, that's so good. Okay. And so with all this said, how long, like say some, this is, you know, after the year and, or even like 10, 20 years later, how long does it take for these, these issues to heal and correct themselves? Is it person to person, just depending on how bad the issue is, what kind of like timeframe? Yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. It's so dependent on the person on if they have one or multiple issues, how severe their issue is uh, and their commitment to fixing it. Right. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be an all day, everyday thing that you think about, but, you know, try to incorporate it into your habits, check your posture, check your breathing, see if the timing is there on, on the lower abs, on the ribs, on the back, you know, pelvic floor, all of it. And, um, you know, I've had clients that have come to me the next day and said, oh, hey, I feel like I have more control over my bladder today because of what we talked about yesterday. I've had clients, you know, within two weeks that are like, I just feel stronger because of the way that the air is moving through the body and the way that the muscles are timing with that. She's like, I just feel stronger, you know, just below the rib cage. Like I just feel stronger. Now I've had a couple of clients that both came back later. Uh, one of them was four or five months later, one had just given birth to twins. I get it, right? We got a lot going on. Maybe then is the time to just be gentle with it. But yeah, both of them ended up coming back and saying, hey, I finally got it. I finally got it. I finally got their breathing in. And what I say about both of them is that they didn't stop, right? Even if they weren't able to get it in the first day or the first week or two weeks, they didn't stop trying and they eventually got it. They got the posture, they got the breathing, they got control of their body by not stopping, right? It might not be your time. If it's a really stressful time, just work on nice, relaxing breaths, you know, really don't add anything right now. It can take a week. It can take a couple weeks. Sometimes, you know, it, it really depends on the personality on if somebody's a little bit just more, you know, high energy type A, you know, type of personality, you really got a downshift to get into the relaxing, but you have to start at the relaxing to be able to then go from there. Oh, and so that really depends on ah. a lot. <laughs> and so it is, so the relaxing part is that being able to mindfully relax and mindfully contract in the right places. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Okay. Yeah. And, and on the inhale, particularly again, this is in bed at night. On the inhale, really letting everything relax, the pelvic floor relax, the lower abs, the back, the ribs, the shoulders, the jaw, nice, big, deep inhale and really deep exhale. And that that's like kind of your restart again for the nervous system. So cool. And I, what kind of threw me off was whenever you said that we hold our stress down there, <laughs> that right? is so interesting. Um, Cause we probably don't even realize we're doing it. <laughs> Right. Thought that at all. Right. It's, it's, it's so funny. And you know, it's so interesting because embryologically there's a connection between our jaw. Cause we know that we tense our jaw up when we're stressed, right. Between our jaw, our vocal cords, our throat and our pelvic floor, because at one point they were one really early on 
in development inside still way early birth before they've done any separating and and moving away from each other and so if you look at like a there's some people in this industry that have like the pelvis from looking up and then the vocal cords from looking up and how they look the same you know their structure is similar and so yeah there's a, a really big connection so if you're clenching your jaws your jaw, there's a really good likelihood that you're also clenching your pelvic floor. So interesting. So everything relaxes, take a nice big deep breath. So cool. Especially when you said the shoulder pain, I would have never thought that that there would have been a connection because we, we almost see it as uh, upper body, lower body, you know, like that yeah. association, but it's, we're all, con- it's all connected and all works it's together. All connected. <laughs> it is, it is. It's so true. Yeah. And so, man, there's been so many good stuff here. Do you, is there something you're like thinking that, man, like um, something else you want women to leave with some type of other takeaway, um, you know, maybe even a words of encouragement if somebody is on this, yeah. maybe kind of having a bunch of realizations right now. Yeah. And that's, you know, my biggest takeaways I want women to get is there's a way there's a way to address whatever lingering issues you have, you know, and I'll often say, you know, say somebody is 20 or 30 years post, even if you get 50%, 60%, 80% better, that's something, right? If you can feel like you can leave your house without having issues of bladder control, you know, that's huge. And there's actually, there's a really, there's a, a correlation they have found between postpartum depression, and this is more immediate, and bladder incontinence. And I, and I actually was diagnosed with postpartum depression about two months after I stopped running because of that. And so I totally get it, right? Like, you're no, you don't feel I stopped running immediately because I didn't trust my body. So there goes the exercise piece that's good for depression. And then I was very isolated because I did, I felt nervous to go out, you know, because again, what if I sneezed? Who knows? Cause I didn't know what, why or what happened. So again, you're, there's the isolating, there's the lack of exercise. There's the questioning, the betrayal of the body. Like there's just, there's a really big correlation. And so I just stress to let people know there's a way past it. There's, there's things that you can do and whether you, you know, buy this book and do these exercises, is this world is growing all the time. This fourth trimester that they've coined the term. And I love that there's, there's somebody out there that can help you, um, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's prolapse or diastasis or bladder incontinence, or again, just overall core weakness. And the reason I actually made this book, one of the many reasons why I made this book was realistically, not everybody has access to that. You know, you might live in a town that doesn't have a pelvic floor physical therapist, or you might not be able to afford it, even if there is a pelvic floor physical therapist in town, or your insurance might not cover it or whatnot. And there is something that you can do today, you know, whether, again, whether you buy this book or not, there's with the breathing and posture, there's a lot more information, you know, start following, you know, the, the PTs, there's some really good information out there as far as, you know, how to, and when to incorporate the diaphragmatic breathing and what proper posture is and all that fun stuff. Oh, I love that. And I could tell Tony that this is like, you truly care. Like this is something you truly want this message to be seen. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it hits really from home. And I could see that you're like, whatever it is, like get the help, whether it is your book or, or whatever. And that's kind of where I wanted, you know, to 
now let the listener tell them where they can find you, how they can get through and look at your book. I went through it. There's so much great information. There's so much things that I even like pulled from for my questions for today from through your book. And so I have no doubt it's something that would be an amazing resource for, for any woman. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's getting to the core of postpartum fitness and it's available on Amazon Kindle because of the exercise videos. It's only available in digital, not hard copy because you link right to the videos and to a lot of other links in there of other people in the industry. Um, and then it's also on PDF on my website, mom home fitness. Uh, I'm on Instagram, mom underscore home underscore fitness and mom home fitness on Facebook. And uh, yeah reach out. There's, there's help out there. I promise. Yeah. Uh, this is amazing, Tony. I want to thank you for your time and reaching out to me on the podcast. Cause this is definitely something my listeners are going to love and get so much greatness out of. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate all that you do. I love to hear that you test for it before you even start somebody. That's, that's what we need as trainers out there like you. Yeah. And that's the best thing is us coming together and collaborating and talking more about it and and making this awareness. So I appreciate you. And um, yeah, so looking forward to having this uh, broadcasted this week on the podcast, but thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, can I add one thing? Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. October 13th, I'm doing a free workshop. I meant to say that Um, on zoom. And so anybody can join anywhere. And, and I talk about, I go into more and the breath and the posture and incorporating it in the workouts and the Kegels in the daily habits. And so um, I can send you a link for that. Yes, if I please send already. me a link. Yeah. And yeah. I'll also would love to share that in my Facebook group too, because okay. <laughs> I know there's tons of ladies that would love that, but awesome. Thank you, Tony, so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, wait, before you go, I have something awesome I want to share with you. A lot of coaches would make you pay money for this because it's everything you need to get started with macro counting, but I'm giving it away for free. It's my custom macros training. And I did this honestly because I'm just tired of women giving up on macro counting because they got some shitty numbers that were not right for where their metabolism or their goals are right now. And not only is this a one hour deep dive training on how to do your own custom macros, I also talk about the number one mistake women make when trying to lose weight and get toned that is sabotaging their goals, even though they think it's helping them. It also includes how to figure out if your metabolism is slow and what to do about it, no matter what your age is, and the following bonuses of access to my macros calculator spreadsheet and access to my macro counting kickstart guide, which includes my macros for moms method. All of this is free when you join my Facebook group, Macros for Moms, which is in the show notes. Once you hop in there, you can check out the announcement post for more details on how you can get access to the replay of this training.